Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends. Romans chapter 6 today in our Bibles, a wow passage of scripture. I know I say that a lot, but Romans chapter 6 is such a practical help to anybody who is struggling with not getting victory over sin, struggling with maybe a little mediocrity in his Christian life. It's a chapter of victory, living the victorious Christian life. And you'll find this theme, Romans 6, Romans 7, Romans 8, These are great passages for us to consider as we think about living for Jesus and living that life of victory. Watch how the passage begins in Romans 6 and verse 1, where the apostle picks up on understanding that there's really no chapter divisions, right, when the letter was written. So go back to verse number 20, where Paul said, moreover, the law entered chapter 5 and verse 20, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So the question then becomes, chapter 6 and verse 1, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So the, the faulty logic goes like this. Well, if God counter countered the the sin of man with the grace of Jesus, if what Adam did in plunging the human race into its sinful condition, Jesus undid by paying the penalty of sin upon the cross, and grace is greater than our sin. We sing that song, right? Grace is greater than our sin. Then doesn't it stand to logical reason that we should the more we sin, the more grace we'll have, potentially. What a illogical way to look at it. And, and watch the way that the Apostle Paul deals with that hypothetical question. Verse number two, he says, God forbid, perish the thought. That, that, get that out of your mind. That is ludicrous. God forbid. And here's the follow-up question. How shall we that are dead to sin living any longer therein. See, when we've been saved, when we've trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Bible says that we are dead to sin. In essence, our old man, that man of sin, that, that man with the Adamic nature, the nature of Adam, what was crucified on the cross with Jesus. And so we identify with him and his death, and now because he's raised from the dead, we identify with him in his resurrection. And so the question doesn't stand to reason at all because we're dead to sin. So how are we going to live in something to which we're dead? You say, well, Kurt, now you're really confusing me because I am a believer and I still do sin. Well, join the club. But the point is, I am not bound by sin anymore. I don't have to sin. I am free from the shackles of sin to do what's right. 
I now have a new life in Jesus. I am a new man. I have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of me. The prison doors have been opened. I am unshackled. I love that radio program out of Chicago, unshackled by the grace of God. And so sin does not have to dominate me. Now, the sad thing is that some believers are dominated by sin in a practical sense, and they do struggle with addictions, and there are sinful habits that plague their lives, but it doesn't have to be so. In fact, that's very sad because if the prison doors have been open, how ridiculous would it be for me to choose to live in prison anyway? And yet that's what some believers choose to do. So let's follow this here in Romans chapter six. Look at verse number three, where the apostle Paul begins with our thinking. Do you see that in verse number three? Know ye not. So in order for us to live a life of victory as believers, I think first of all, we have to have the right mindset. It starts with no. So here in verse number three, know ye not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Okay, so when you were baptized, when you followed in believer's baptism after your salvation, when you were immersed, that's what baptism means uh, in the Bible, immersion, you were baptized with reference to the death of Christ. In fact, you were baptized with reference to his death, his burial, and resurrection. Sometimes we talk about baptism The meaning of baptism is that it signifies that in which we trusted. So we trusted the fact that Jesus died for us, he was buried, and he rose again. Well, baptism depicts that gospel message. When we go under the water, that's a symbol of dying with Christ. We're under the water, that's the symbol of burial. And then we're raised to walk in newness of life. So I say that actually when I baptize people. I'll say, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. And I get that little speech, I guess, from this passage. So the point is that our identity or identifying with Jesus in baptism is really something that we ought to remember when it comes to the victorious Christian life. And that is that we were baptized in reference to his death. And we're raised again in reference to his life. So just as Jesus died and then was buried and rose again in victory, so in the Christian life, when we trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, we died with him. Our old man died. And we're raised as a new man. That's not to say that baptism saves. I'm not saying that. Baptism is the symbol. That's why it says we're buried in the likeness of his death. This is a symbol. If this is not teaching baptismal regeneration, look at verse number four. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So we have to understand that. Understand that we have been saved out of death. When we were Sinners, we were living a life of death, a life of bondage, a life in which we were trapped, a life in which we were free to make choices, but those choices were inevitably bad choices. 
But now that we've been saved, we've been given the very life of Christ. The Bible describes that as the new man. We have been filled with the Spirit of God. We've received the very life of Christ. And so know that. Know, understand that your identity now as a believer is you are no longer Adam's. You belong to Jesus. You are no longer the old man. You are now the new man. And I know the questions that are probably coming to your mind right now, but wait a minute. That, that I still have desires to sin. I still struggle. Uh, my flesh still wants things that it shouldn't have. So explain that to me. What's the difference between the old man and the flesh? Okay, all of that is what we're talking about in this chapter. Look at verse number five. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, the, word, the idea of being planted together is almost like being grafted together. Uh, united together would be a good verb to use there. So if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So when Jesus Christ died upon the cross, he actually, in a sense, became us in the sense that he was our substitute, in the sense that he died vicariously. And so he died not just for me, this is important, but he died as me. He died in my place. He died for me on my behalf, but he died as me, the death I should have died. So in that sense, by faith, when I receive Christ as my Savior, then I enter into that, that I died too. My old man died. And when Jesus rose again, I rise too. So the resurrection life that I have is the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. That's why the Apostle Paul said to the Philippians, he said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. So I want my life to be a type of the gospel, said the Apostle Paul. And I want to know the power of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in my life, the power to, to boldly proclaim the gospel, the power to live in victory over sin, the power that is vested in me by my own salvation in Jesus. Well, that's a wonderful promise for you and me too. Look at verse number six. Watch our verb again, knowing this. So all of what we're talking about today is a mindset that we have to understand our identity as saved ones, is that we are dead to sin. We are, that's a fact. And we are alive, resurrected, alive unto God. So remember that we are dead to sin. We are alive unto God. We are no longer shackled by sin. We are free to obey. We are no longer in the prison house of sin. We have the freedom and liberty to do the things that God has told us to do. Okay, so look at verse number six again. So knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. The old man is gone. My good friend, Bruce Fry sings a great song he wrote called The Old Man is Dead. You can read more about this in Ephesians uh, chapter four. What a great passage there, verses 18 through the end of the passage. And then Colossians chapter three, Paul stays on this theme often. First uh, John chapter three is a great passage to consider when studying the old man and the new man, the old nature, the new nature. 
verse number six. So knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Now here's the purpose, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Now remember how the passage began. The passage began, well, if grace abounds where sin is, then let's just sin more. And yet watch the emphatic statement of verse six where it says, no, we were saved not to sin. We were saved that we were saved unto life, unto the resurrection life of Jesus. Now we have the power through Jesus to live in victory that we henceforth from now on should not sin. In fact, when we sin in our Christian lives, we're behaving like the life that's dead. We're, 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 we're resurrecting, as it were, what has been crucified with Christ. That's why Paul uses that terminology to the Galatians. He said, I am crucified with Christ. That's the life I live. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So let's just start this chapter with this one thought. Know this. Know that this is your God-given identity as a saved one, as a born-again child of God, that the old man is dead and the new man is alive unto God, and that you have opportunities, privileges, and a power through Christ that you did not have before. Now, there's much more to say, but that's a great starting point for today. We're out of time, so we're going to stop there in verse number six. And we're going to jump into uh, what, I, what I call the, the second aspect of this victorious Christian living. I want you to join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.